2: My name is Andrew Counsel. I view the world through the lens of a generational camera phone. I wake up as a black male and go to bed as a black male. I am surviving this never-ending court case we commonly call life in the best way I know how.
0: So, welcome back uh, to UN5O. Um, thanks for joining us. And today we've got, we're going to be talking about the show's defunding the Durham Police Department the exercise. And I have joining me uh, three colleagues along with my co-host who are uh, retired from the Durham Police Department but were part of the executive team. And we're gonna go through this exercise of the current 2021 fiscal budget and give you an idea and insight of what that looks like. Some of it, we're actually gonna spend some time talking using budget. Uh, we have uh, the budget guy that, that basically did the budget for probably forever at the Durham Police Department for some time, and we're gonna start with him. Um, But the main reason that we wanted to do this, or I wanted to do this was, that's a national conversation, defund police departments. And you need to look at it at a local level, uh, because you gotta figure out what it is that your police department currently has, doesn't have needs, or what the community wants, and if you start defunding, uh, then that could be an issue. Uh, We support uh, that there needs to be funding elsewhere for mental health, substance abuse, uh, those social issues that are now resting at the doorstep of law enforcement that you can't find a police officer, or a police agency that isn't all about supporting that funding for that. It's just that sometimes you're not going to find that funding uh, within the budget of your local police department. Um, and then again, it's not to say whether we approve or disapprove. It's just when you make those <clears throat> decisions that is in the community and, and leaders, there's a decision you're going to have to you know, just own up to that you made that decision. So, uh, first of all, I just want to say let my co-host uh, say hey real quick, and then we'll get to our guest, uh, Andrew. Psych. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, BJ. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Andrew.
2: I'm <laughs> um, good. Good to be here to see everyone, and I'm excited for this conversation. Everything's going great. School's going great. I'm trying to graduate.
1: Yeah. hey bars <laughs> <I know. laughs> is that a tupac shirt that you have on too yes I hey <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool go ahead harmony i'm good y'all i thought i had covid i'm still not convinced that i don't have covid because i was just feeling like extra tired and i'm always paranoid that i have a temperature so um i call my doctor i'm gonna go get tested tomorrow i oh, wow. like that's it i think i'm just paranoid, but. um, Otherwise, yeah, things are good. Have y'all had the COVID test, though? It hurts if you've not had it done. It hurts. And then they do both nostrils, too.
0: No, I haven't had it. Did you have your flu shot yet? No. Oh, okay.
1: No, I didn't. And you know what's crazy? I get the flu every year, so I probably should. But it's like you have to mentally prepare for a flu shot. Because my arm hurts (laughs) for like four days after.
0: (laughs) Well, if nothing else, get the flu shot so you know, hopefully, you do don't have it, but if you happen, at
1: least they can knock that out of one of the things you have, right? Can you imagine the flu and COVID at the same time? Uh,
0: nope, so go get your flu <laughs> shot, <go ahead>. <laughs> <laughs> but only you, you know, so only you, very true. Right. yeah, so I'm gonna go ahead and we're, we're gonna spend a little bit of a love fest as I start introducing my my peers and friends, I consider them friends, and we're gonna start in the order of importance. And that would be, I would start with Mr. Burwell.
3: Wow. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. uh, (laughs) Mr. Jesse Burwell, can you uh, just give a little insight about your background and how long you were at uh, Durham Police Department in your position?
4: Sure. Um, And I'll try to be brief. (laughs) I graduated in 1975 from North Carolina Central University. And I went to work for the American Tobacco Company as an accountant in December of 1975. And Mm. I stayed with the company until 1987. That's when it relocated uh, to another area, and I didn't want to go with the company. But the last two years, I was with the company. I was one of two African-Americans on the company's internal audit team. Uh, In 1988, I went to work for the city of Durham, in the city-county planning department as an accountant too. Mm -hmm. Uh, In that position, I was primarily responsible for the city-county planning department putting together their budget and overseeing the administration of it. And I worked there for about two years before I came to the police department. I came to the police department in 1990, and that's where Mm -hmm. I ended my career in uh, 2017. So when I came to the police department, I came in as an accountant three and chief counsel, you know, we call it, we called me the fiscal manager.
0: Right.
4: And my primary responsibility uh, was, again, develop, budget development and budget administration. And that included our general fund budget and grants budgets. In 2006, I got promoted to assistant chief. I was a non-sworn assistant chief. And while I had many other responsibilities besides the budget, I was still responsible for that area too. So I'm still pretty familiar with the police department's budget. It's changed a little since I left in uh, September of seventeen.
0: Yeah, as you can see, he he is also affectionately known as Mr. Cash.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah, he, he you know I can't say enough about Jesse. He, he understands law enforcement. He knows what it's about. He makes sure that we have what we need in order to serve the community, and makes sure that we can do that to 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 deliver the good service that we we have been doing, and, and I still believe we do. So thank you, Jesse, Mr. Cash, and we'll be you be hearing me or us refer to him as Mr. Cash, and we're talking about Jesse Burwell. Uh, and the second person is uh, Terrence Simblee, uh who I um, we you know worked together, but I think. For me, oh, just before I get get to Terrence, also, Mr. Burwell believed in me. I, I, most some of you know that I left the Durham Police Department under a scandal. Um, Mr. Burwell believed enough in me to try to get me back into the agency with the program U and Five O. So he is a reason that I have a contract with the Durham Police Department because he supported, he saw what I was trying to do uh, under interim um, Chief Smith, supported it as well, but Mr. Burwell, I will be forever indebted to him that he believed in what UN50 was doing and supported it and uh, actually uh, it was kind of interesting to have left the agency in the manner that I did, but ended up uh, several years later having a contract and still have a contract with the Durham Police Department. So Mr. Burwell has a special place in my heart, now. be forever grateful. Um, did you have a problem? Thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. And Terrence, you know, has, has been around for a while. He and I uh, didn't really work together, so to speak, but worked with the agency. I think for me, for Terrence and, and what he has shown for me is that I didn't know I, I had somebody in the in the corners watching what I was doing. And then he's also been supportive as well too. He's been a strength for me uh, and letting me know that I'm okay. And um, I appreciate that because what it shows me and I think a lot of sometimes if you don't know, you don't know who your friends are until stuff starts hitting a fan. Um, So he has been there for me and I really appreciate that. And I appreciate him joining us on on today. So uh, Terrence, you can tell us a little bit about yourself.
5: Okay, um, thank you. First of all, I was, I was hoping to go last, but I'll, and I'll <laughs> tell you why in a few minutes. But anyway, okay. um, I'm Terrence Sembley, and I too am a graduate of Dean North Carolina Central University. Happy homecoming, even though it's virtual. Right. Um, I, let's see, I started my law enforcement career actually at Duke University Campus Police. Um, was two years there in security, then went to the police academy in 1990, and went back to Duke for two years. Left there and went to Carborough Police Department over near Chapel Hill, and did four years there before coming over to Durham Police Department in 1997 um, as a you know, regular patrol officer like everybody else. Um, worked my way, worked everywhere, patrol everywhere, like most of us. Um, and retired this February, the 1st of February, um, with 23 years of service to Durham Police Department as Deputy Chief. Um, with that being said, and the reason I want to go last is because between Jesse, BJ, and Forbes, I mean, they, they helped me through my career and supported me through my career since I guess I was... I'm not the youngest in age, but <laughs> i was the last one to retire
0: <laughs>
5: from the police department. But, you know, all three of them and, and where she called Jesse, Mr. Cash, always called Jesse, um, uh, let me worry about the money. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> he, right.
0: He exactly. told me that
5: they, one day when I was in his office complaining about something, I'm sure. Right. And he said, let me worry about the money. So I took that, <laughs> and from that day forward, I let Jesse worry about the money. That's true. But anyway, I, am, okay. um, I appreciate you all. Um, I appreciate the, the, the young people on here as well for just being interested um, in this whole defund and police budget thing. There's a lot to be said, and this is only step one, so I appreciate it, and I'm glad to be here.
0: Thank you. And I know I said I was going to do it in order of importance.
1: So
3: Yeah, I'm not important. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: not important. My mouth is wide open, PJ. <laughs> wow.
3: Uh, and you say no.
1: I'm bad. You're worse.
0: <laughs>
3: That's why the, um, her phone went out. because
1: Yeah. I don't like ugly. <laughs> That's right. right.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and, but the reason I can do that is because I have so much love for him. Actually, I, I, I say a lot about fours And one of the things I say, he put me on the map. Um, uh, Forbes and, um, Terrence and I were district four commanders. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I was a district four commander first, and then Forbes worked for me, uh, under my command. And he basically believed in the philosophy that I was putting out there on how to interact with law enforcement, with the community. And so what is it? What? As far as me working with the community, he, we had, it's called Crime Area Target Team back in the day is when it was called. So anything that went on in the district, he took care of that, but he, we took care of those issues in a manner uh, that was, we build relationships in those communities and Forbes and his team did that. And because of that, uh, to this day, he helped me become where I was. He, he was a reason and his team were the reason I started being promoted is because they, under, they saw that we were doing the work. We believed in the philosophy of the agency, and he did that. So I'm forever indebted to him as well because he and his team bought into what we were trying to do as far as community relations, but also abating crime at the same time. So um, I tease him about being last, but when in reality, it's, it's, it's really not like that. So you want to tell him a little bit about yourself and keep it short Forbes.
3: Yes, ma'am, I will. And thank you very much for the kind words. Just touched my heart. But yes, my name is Winslow Foles. I also graduated from uh, North Carolina Central University in 1987. I became a member of Durham Police Department in May of 1988. And as uh, Terrence said, pretty much served through all um, the different uh, groups um, that we have divisions Uh, in the police department. And I will, you know, on a serious note, like to say that Deputy Chief Counselor, she was one that really, really um, was a mentor for me as well. And because of the things that she taught us when we were under her command, it helped me to continue that throughout my career, uh, even after she left. And, um, you know, we just had such a great time working um, under her command. and She really It was a person that I can say that honestly care about the community. And that was one thing that she told me when she left and I will never forget. She said, do not forget the community. And so that was something that I try to always pass down to the people that serve under my command. I also um, served with the executive staff for a total of six years um, in 2010 and until I retired in uh, 2016. And currently, I'm a minister. So now I'm serving in a different way, trying to win so for the Lord. So that's it. Short to the point.
0: <laughs> and you retired as what? Assistant?
3: Assistant Chief.
0: Right. Okay. That's yes. cool. All right. So what we're going to do is, uh, so what you have? Ter- between um, Terrence, Winslow, and I, you have 17 years of police executive um, Experience and and but so when I want to make sure you understand it, what that means is we were in the room making decisions as to what the budgets would look like when we got the you need to. Uh, cut something or make those kind of decisions. So the executive team, you know, the chief obviously has the final say-so. And let me just say as a disclaimer, I have not talked to anybody at the police department on the executive team about what we're doing. This is just an exercise as to what we're doing. This has nothing to do with the current administration. This is just something that I've thought would be of in interest to people who don't know what the budget is. So I just want to be real clear that we have not, I have not talked to anyone with the, Durham, with the current Durham Police Department executive team. Uh, And we're going to go through it. So basically, again, we're going to be looking at the 2021 fiscal year that uh, budget that was approved and has been adopted in the city of Durham for the Durham Police Department. But the first thing that we're going to do is just let we're going to talk to Jesse and because I want people to understand about this budget and we're going to kind of prod him along. He's already said, you know, budget can be kind of boring, but we're going to try to you know, if you have questions and Drew and Harmony are gonna be the citizens like, we don't have a clue what you're saying and hopefully he'll be able to to get it. So if these two can understand it, then hopefully the rest of you uh, can understand that as well. Um, So what we wanna do is just, you ask the question about anything, any budget lingo that you may not understand uh, that he might say. So one of the first things is uh, Jesse, um, the exercise that we're going to do, the, the current budget, approved budget for the Durham Police Department is 68 million, we're just going to go 68 million, 400,000 plus. So when you start uh, looking at, and what, what, what Forbes, Assembly and I are going to do is once he, once he decides that we're going redu- to reduce it, we're going to be looking at what in the police department are we going to get rid of. You know, what service, so just so you understand that once he kind of, we talk a little bit about what what it entails, what operations mean, what personal services mean, all that stuff. And then the three of us will make a decision. And Jesse has kind of already helped that as to what are we not going to no longer have in this police department? Because we've got to cut it by these many dollars. Okay. So I guess, so $68 million, I'm not going to say the form. So basically Durham Police Department has been approved with $68 million. And Jesse, the first thing that I want to, why would we take from, okay, first of all, operating and salary and benefits, kind of just explain what that is, which is okay. kind, of, kind of clear, but just go ahead.
4: Okay. First of all, you know, when you asked me if I wanted to participate in this, I said I did. And, you know, I recommended that we do a budget reduction of 10% simply because I think to most people, when you say 10%, it doesn't sound like a, a lot of money. If I give you 10% of a dollar, I give you a dime. Uh, if I give you 10% of $100, it's $10. So it doesn't sound like a lot of money to people. So that, that's why I picked or recommended that percentage. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, as you said, the actual budget that was approved for the police department for fiscal year 2021 was $68.4 million. And that budget is divided into four different categories. The first category is personal services. And for those that don't know, uh, personal personal services appropriations are appropriations that are used to pay salaries, uh, wages, overtime, and all related benefits. Related benefits would be things like Medicare, FICA, federal taxes, state taxes, health insurance, life insurance, uh, workers' comp. And I think the separ- uh, Leo separation allowance that sworn folk get. And um, that's personal services. Operating is just like it sounds. Operating appropriations are appropriations used to make purchases to keep the department running at an optimal level on a daily basis. And you might make purchases from operating like uniforms and uh weapons any contracts you might enter into supplies uh ga- vehicle gasoline vehicle maintenance etc 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 it's what you need to operate on a daily basis then uh the category of capital capital uh, appropriations are used to make purchases of a new asset with a unit cost of $5,000 or more. In other words, if you buy one thing and it costs $5,000 or more, the city will then capitalize it. And when you capitalize something, all you're doing is delaying the full recognition of the expense. In other words, it's advantage to companies uh, to depreciate assets over their useful life. And then uh, transfers Uh, It's just like it sounds. Transfers are appropriations made, at least for the police department, to cover grant matches. Okay. And so those are the four different categories. And uh, if you look at that spreadsheet that I sent you, personal services has a little over 90% of the total appropriations for the department. So, personal services for the police department total $61.8 million. So, there's no way you're going to make a 10% cut and not cut positions. If hold on, hold at- on,
0: Jess. Hold on, Jess. Okay, uh-huh. well, I want to make sure people, I want to make sure that folks hear that the, the budget is $68.4 million and the personal services budget is $61.8 90% of the budget. 90% of the budget. Mm-hmm. Of the budget. So, that means you only have. little less than 10 percent to to have any wiggle room before you start so i just want to make sure that everybody kind of got that okay go ahead jess
4: and uh, operating is 9.5 percent this year and it would make no sense to cut all of that most of it half of it because what you would do yeah you would keep more positions but they would not have enough operating appropriations Operate at an optimal level on a daily basis it would not make sense to make that kind of a cut Mm -hmm. and then capital and other is three percent and transfers are six percent and so it's simple to to calculate what a ten percent reduction for the police department would be you just multiply 68.4 million times ten percent and that'll give you 6.8 million dollars that you have to cut any questions so far
1: yes i actually have a lot (laughs) (laughs) um so i well one i want to know like where is the police department getting these grants from and then you said that transfers it's like for for grant matching could you expand a little bit on what that means
4: yeah the, the police department applies for grants from federal agencies and state agencies okay. and when these folks give you money and we apply for law enforcement grants and all you can l- use that money for is a law enforcement purpose and on my spreadsheet i just showed that to show you what other funding sources we have but cutting this is not an option right because you can't cut this and then reallocate it for something else for a community effort because it's the law enforcement grant. And when the feds and when the state give you grant money, they may give you $100,000, but you might have to put up $10,000 or $15,000 or whatever it is. That's your financial grant match. Gotcha. And, and we have to set that money aside, and it's transferred at the appropriate time to that whatever responsibility or whatever account your actual grant is does that make sense
1: Mhm okay
0: and also too, just uh <laughs> harmony a lot of agencies use that grant money to buy stuff that they can't get approved in the budget, so it's kind of like if we I think the thing is tasers. Let's just throw tasers out there. If they say we we can't buy any more tasers, we may try to find some grants that will give us the money to purchase tasers. So that's just another way to supplement what we need to do that we may not be able to get approved uh, through the budget uh, exercise or, or, or funding for. Gotcha. And then we know, and, and the money is going to be spent on that. We, we don't have to worry about it going to anything else. It's going for what we need it to go for. So that, that also helps a lot of departments as well. Okay.
4: Yeah, and and as I I said before, uh, transferring a grant money is is not an option. So anyway, moving on. So the total amount we have to cut is $6.8 million. And what I did, what makes the most sense to me in order to meet this 10% uh, reduction mandate is of that total amount that I have to reduce the budget by, 90% of it, I'm gonna have to reduce salaries and benefits. And then 10% is, I'll make a 10% cut in operating. And then, so at the end of the day, once I do that, my adjusted budget will look like what's on the spreadsheet that I've got highlighted in light blue.
1: Mm -hmm. Does everybody have a copy of that spreadsheet? Mm -hmm. I'm about to pull it up now. Okay, so I don't
0: know if I sent all that to you guys, but I, I know I sent it to the, the three of us. Okay.
4: So your new adjusted budget for personal services will be 55.6 million. Uh operating will be five point eight million. I didn't touch capital and other because twenty-two thousand is not a lot of money. That's not even gonna save you one position. And right. replacement capital is very hard to get. So I left that 22,000 alone, and uh, getting rid really of your grant match is not an option. So right. now your new adjusted budget totals 61 million or uh, 61.5 million, almost 61.6 million. So that you have to meet that target. If they tell me you, you to reduce the budget by 10 percent, whatever 10 percent is, I, that's what I have to cut the budget by. That breakdown between uh, of what I got between personal services and operating where I'm going to make my cuts, I can massage that a little bit, but mm-hmm. not a whole lot.
0: Okay, and and, and then, Jesse, I want to make sure to clear that the the reason we pull it out of salaries and benefits, and which I know you're going to say it in a minute, is because that's the biggest pot. Right?
4: That's the biggest pot. There's nowhere else to take it from. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. uh, if you took it from operating uh, you would have to take it out of operating and then you, you would take it out of operating and then you would still have to cut some positions okay and then what you have left is you have more positions left but nothing for them to operate with if gotcha. that makes sense
0: yeah, it does, yeah. It does. okay Andrew uh, Harmon you guys have any you following so far and eyes glazed over yet <laughs>
1: i i wish that i could say what i wanted to but i will refrain um yeah i'm i'm understanding um so i guess my my next question would be because i'm just curious what if you know this what is like the average that like an entry-level police officer is making because i think uh, people have this i guess like but i feel like it probably isn't the the
4: The entry-level salary for a police officer salary and benefits is about thirty
1: seven thousand. Ooh. Ain't no way! <laughs> Ain't no thirty-seven thousand.
5: Dang! 30.
1: Yeah. And do you work. know how many how many police like how many police does the city of Durham have? Uh, yeah.
0: There are a lot. There are a lot at five hundred and fifty-five according to this budget, right, Terrence? Wow! That's
5: right, that would be you're right. I think it was like five forty-seven or something last I was heard, but it probably did go up. Uh, according
4: right. according to the the information I got from the city, is five fifty-three. 553 sworn and 125 non-sworn for a total FTE account. And FTE stands for full-time equivalent, meaning the full-time position, 678 uh, full-time equivalents.
1: Gotcha. Okay, and so my next question, which I guess this is probably something I need to figure out on my own because this is – probably not something that you know off the top of your head, but I I, I guess I'm curious how many police are there per person? You know what I mean? Like, is it one police per, you know, 10,000 people? I, I would just be interested to see how that's broken up. Yeah, I know what exactly what
4: you mean, but I don't know. I haven't done that calculation. Gotcha. Okay. And that calculation, so we're talking
5: about years. close to and I'm not gonna come out with the number at the end of this, so just, just get that. Yeah,
1: and I, math is not <laughs> my thing, so.
5: so <laughs> close to, what are we, close to
0: 300,000 now? Uh, I think it's close to 250,000 population.
5: Yeah, um, so, and, and then it's not even, I know where you're going with it, but it would not even be police officer per person because you only have so many call takers. You know what I mean? You're only mm-hmm. patrol officers. So it would have to be like so many call takers per person. Gotcha. <laughs> that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, because they're not all going to respond to to, to crimes. That makes sense.
0: OK, Jess, so are we ready to say how many bodies that will be?
4: Depending on who's chief of police at the time, you know their priorities will be different. So mm-hmm. the positions that they select to cut will be different. And so that'll change the figures a little bit, but not significantly. I I think whoever's going to do this is going to have to cut somewhere between, I would say, uh, 70 and 75 positions. And so if, if you look at the spreadsheet that I've got, I cut, and I tried to stay away from cutting the Investigations Bureau, and hey, patrol Jeff, it, bureau as much as yeah. possible. Yes, ma'am.
0: Okay. Don't go into that yet, because we're gonna get we're gonna get to that. Who we gonna cut for? I just wanted to get uh, how many, what what? The oh, numbers. just how many?
4: Yeah. Uh, in the exercise, I did it was seventy four. Okay. And that consisted of sixty nine sworn and five non sworn.
0: Okay, okay, the sixty nine sworn officers and nine five five. Nine. Five mm-hmm.
1: I have another question for you so the money like so the money that would be taken away from these 79 people I know you said that the grant money couldn't be reallocated but is it potential for this money to be reallocated to other city services
4: if, if that's what council thinks they need to do yes mm-hmm.
0: yes and and let's talk about that Jez that's where I wanted to go next like thanks Harmony is Let's say again, I want people to remember this is just an exercise in the conversation what this would look like if this were if somebody said reduce it by 10 percent. So we have reduced it down to six point what six point eight million. Discussed if we in so that means 21 22 we're going to be six point eight million less than what we have in this fiscal year. What talk about the interlocal agreement as to how. What you know, how that six point eight million, where it's going to go if the city says, you know, or the county says we can use more social workers, we can increase our mental health stuff, blah, blah, blah. We can get that stuff that you guys have been doing off your backs with this six point eight. What does that look like as an interlocal of the funding? Does it come over from the taxes that's collected by the county or does it just stay there? And kind of talk about that interlocal agreement about this six point eight million reduction.
4: Uh oh. That's kind of hard because I don't know what council will do, if there will be an interlocal agreement or not, but there could be an interlocal agreement. And if the uh, council decided they wanted to cut the police department by, uh, what was it, uh, 6.8? 10%, yeah, $6.8 million. And then if the county came up with $6.8 million, they could form an interlocal agreement to support certain services to the community. Hmm. Now, if and when the police department would ever grow back and get those, uh, 74 positions back, I don't know. You know, they would be cutting us almost $7 million and that's not a small amount of change. I don't know where the city would get the money from, in order to make us whole again or even partially whole again so I mean it's just really hard to say we've never got 74 positions in any budget year that I was with the police department and I was with the city for 29 years I think seven months and Mm -hmm. we never got an allocation of positions that many positions so it is just really, really hard to say. Right. Uh, so,
0: well, Jesse, let's just talk about that for just a second. But basically what you're saying is, and, and uh, parents and Forbes, you guys chime in, I don't want to, is that you take this many offices away from, it's going to take a long time.
4: To get them back.
0: To get yeah, them back.
1: Absolutely.
0: It, it's going, yeah. it, it, it just doesn't happen.
1: But do we like need them back?
0: Well, if we
1: reallocate those resources, I guess is my next question.
0: And we're going to get to that. Now, and and we'll, that, that's what the community has to make a decision on. And, and uh, I want to get back, because I think Harmony just asked a question as to what is an interlocal um, agreement. Uh, high, agreement. What, what does that mean?
4: It's that it, sometimes uh, there are interlocal agree, uh, agreements between uh, different city agencies. Uh, And when I was there, the city had several. It's where the police department would put up uh, some resources and the county would put up some resources and it would be a joint effort, something that would benefit both city and county residents. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like the police department, we fund our own budget ourselves. The county funds the sheriff's department, but if it's something that we that both uh it, it, that both the city and county find beneficial to to citizens of the city and county they can pool their money and uh, it's a joint effort by the city and county to make something happen. Okay,
0: okay. All right. So and then also the other thing, too, just so people understand and all this, this information, you can get the budget information uh, from the budget office, the budget department. And, and um, I also just want to give a shout out to uh, Bertha Johnson, the director of uh, the city budget, and also Christy, Christina Tewks, who also helped me with getting some of this information. So, shout out to them. Um, but you can get this information. It's public knowledge. The other thing that there is for the first 10 months of fiscal year 20, there was an average of an attrition rate of five point two officers per month, and attrition means loss. Correct.
5: Right.
4: That's correct.
0: Right. So, so you're losing five point two officers every month for the last uh, ten for the first ten months of fiscal year. So, so that's fifty officers. That's over fifty officers. That, am I doing that correctly?
4: That's said, correct. The, and instead of, of giving, if you're going to make this kind of a cut, where you uh-huh. get rid of uh, 60 or 70 positions, I right. would recommend that you do it through attrition. Okay. That you just do let it through attrition. Right. So when a position, somebody needs never, a position, you don't fill it. it. Right. right. Okay. And that way right. you don't have to give anybody a pink slip.
0: Right. Exactly. Okay. All right. Anybody? Um, Andrew, did you have something?
2: I just had a cool question. I guess it was for anybody who knew the answer to it basically, but hypothetically speaking if they were to release the 6.8 million to disperse to other local social services would it be possible for the department to apply for additional grants to replace those missing funds that would no longer be there
4: i mean it's a possibility but there are it, there's a lot of competition for grants the police department gets a lot of grants and you see how much we got this year but i would say it's it's not going to happen to get enough grants to replace 74 positions. And when you get grants to, to uh, four positions, the grant doesn't fund those positions forever. The grant will fund positions for probably no more than three years. And then once grant funding ends, the funding, the awarding agency expects the city to sustain them. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. And that would be a big hit if we got a grant to fund 74 positions, which I don't believe that the department could, even if that were to happen, that's a lot of positions to absorb when that money has gone elsewhere.
2: Mm -hmm. I have a quick question in response to your answer. So is there, um, like before my question, before about the $6.8 million being removed now, are there current positions that are not really temporary, but on that, um, or are supplied by certain grants that are only sustained for three, three to four years now.
4: Uh the let's see. I think the current grant money that we have. Let me get to that. Yeah, that one point nine million dollars in grant funds is supporting three FTEs right now.
0: So those, so those three FTEs would eventually be picked up by the budget. By the it city so I how did.
1: much is there so you're saying how much of their salary like hypothetically speaking it, it, you said three people for that but not that total amount oh i was like oh my gosh no, these people not are getting that, paid no, not that total i amount. chose the wrong profession okay yeah. okay no i don't know what, <laughs> they,
0: have,
4: they have for this fiscal year 1.9 million in grants and Uh, they've got three positions associated with some of that money. Okay, gotcha. I don't know how much. I don't have that breakdown.
1: Gotcha, okay, okay.
0: Okay. And then the other picture, I'm trying to find the paperwork. I know when people, if they look at us on a video, that my head's down, but I read somewhere, certainly in Forbes, if you guys saw this, that they, I don't know what it was, this academy or the last academy, they had 20-some or 30-some officers in the academy but lost 20?
5: Uh, I mean, not 20, that,
0: or, or 10, or about half of them, I thought. I thought I saw something where they... And they, that's, know, that's,
5: they, they probably already lost close to that many with this academy mm-hmm. that's in now. Wow. I, I know, I know <laughs> they lost two or three, like, the first week.
0: Mm-hmm. And it Yeah, yeah
1: that's
5: what I was going to say. Usually,
3: usually you're going to lose around, if you have 30 people, you're going to lose around 10, if not more, for every academy.
1: Wow. And so how much goes into actually training these folks that are in the academy? Like, are they paid for attending? How much does it cost to like educate them per person? Like what, what does that look like? Because it seems like, I mean, if one third of your academy is not retained, um, is is it worth training that many more officers, I guess, is my question.
5: Well, I, I can get into the first part and I'll let Jesse pick up the numbers if, if he knows them, but it, you know, when, when you go to the Durham Police Academy, you're hired. You're an employee. Gotcha. So from the time we hire you, whether it's early hire, because a lot of times we try to early hire in order to get these people on board, so they start getting paid. It might be a couple of months before the academy even starts. Wow. So they're getting a check then, and, and the whole time that they are in the academy, they are paid employees. They're just not certified officers at the time, but they're paid city
1: employees. Gotcha. Okay.
5: Now, what what it costs for each one? I really
4: I don't know off the top of my head. Do you know, Jesse? I think it's around that thirty seven thousand dollar figure. Okay. I'm thinking that's what they make uh, will make in the first year. Then you know they after they're there a year. I think they got at least when I was there ten percent. Does it? Does that ring a bell with you?
5: (laughs) I think it's five. Yeah, five. As, as five, you okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get fine. increases. Once you finish the academy, you get an increase, and you have different phases of training gotcha. um, before you actually become a, a full patrol officer. But going back to one thing that we were talking about um, earlier, one of you asked about um, the time it would take to recover. Um, that goes all the way back to to recruiting. It would take us so long just in the recruiting process to try to recover 60 off the uh, 70 to 75 positions. Um, I was a recruiting supervisor at one time, and Jesse was my supervisor. And um, being the money man, and, and he would be able to tell you it's hard. It's hard because of the competition with other agencies. Yeah. We're all pulling from the same pool of right. applicants. And um, to try to get those in, I don't know how many years it would take us to try to fill 70 to 75 positions um just to recoup because even when you get those 70 to 75 like bj was saying attrition you're still losing (laughs) you know five or so a month at this point so it's it's very
0: hard right right okay cool i think you guys good i think what i want to do is go ahead and so now that we know jesse's kind of explained that um and so what we're going to do now is kind of go through what what would where are we going to get those 70-some officers? What would that look like? Where, where, if we were there and were given this task of having to eliminate positions, well, not eliminate positions, but figure out how we're how we going to do that. And so, uh, Forbes, you, got, you guys want to go ahead and just kind of look at what Jesse has suggested. And, again, to go back to, Jesse gets us, so he kind of knows where we would be looking. So, I don't know, you guys, basically in agreement with that, what Jesse has offered?
1: Yeah,
3: yeah, that I makes see, sense. Yeah, I see mm-hmm. where he had tacked. Now, um, at one point I was a attack sergeant where he have eliminate the unit. Um, I think that's a very important unit, but I understand where um Chief Burwell is coming from because those guys investigate anytime you have a very uh serious vehicle accident or fatality. And um the regular patrol guys, they don't have the specialized training that these guys do, right? And a lot of the time when you have fatalities or someone seriously get injured in a vehicle accident, you also looking at lawsuits. So you wanna have I think a unit like this you do need because the highway patrol, uh they don't come in and investigate these type of wrecks that happen inside of the city. Mm. Uh, but but I do understand where he's going with that. Um now, the police motorcycle squad, I can see that as a unit that you can eliminate. But, you know, at one point, um, when the city was talking about doing that, you have yep. a citizen that did not want that to happen. I mean, they really um, pushed back on that very heavily. So that's the reason they kept the, the unit. Yeah, I, I remember that.
0: that was, I remember that, Forbes. That was actually yes, uh, the funeral services. Right. Because we, 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 oh, uh, they, they were. Yeah, they 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 stormed City Hall uh, yes. when we talked about eliminating the po- police motorcycle squad because it helps the processions to get through get safely through the intersection. But we, Correct. but you know, and and what you're saying, I want everybody to understand what what um, Winslow was saying is he understand that we have to make these decisions in order because we're not going to not have enough call takers. So the things that you think are, are basically, um, and not exactly soft services, but just is what we do in addition to answering 911 calls and investigating. So those are the places that we're going to cut first. So like he's talking about the TAC, you want somebody that has the experience to investigate a, a motor vehicle accident that somebody, a loved one has been killed because you know mm-hmm. it's going to go to court and you need a professional and these guys are trained that way. So go ahead, folks. I, I just want people to understand we're cutting we're not. We're not taking away your call takers. We're not taking away the persons that are driving that are going to be answering the 911 calls. We're taking away these other services and things that you as the community. Said, yeah, we'd like that. And you know, we're, we're, so go ahead, Forrest. I apologize. I just want to make sure people. Can I ask listening. one more question?
1: So, BJ, I know that you said that you're not getting rid of the people that like take calls and actually are responding to crimes. Would you say that a lot of, I guess my thing that that is kind of scary about this, right? Like if we did cut people from taking like actual patrol officers would be how many 911 calls would be unanswered um, or how many, you know what I mean? Like how many actual emergencies would go unattended because of lack of personnel. And I guess that's probably not an answer that anybody has, but is that currently an issue that we experience in Durham as far as I guess a delay in reaction due to lack of personnel?
5: Um, I, I'll take that. It, it it very well could be. Um, I think that that's taking a deeper dive into it, to what the de- police department actually does. Right. Um, people need to understand. People would have to understand. Out of this five hundred or whatever police officers that we have, you might have fifty. You might have sixty call takers that day. You don't know. You know each. Each district has a certain amount of officers, right? And then with, let's say you have night shift. Mm -hmm. Let's say district four. Let's say district four has 12 officers just for a number. Okay. So two, you allow two officers off a night. That takes you, what did I say? 12 officers? Mm -hmm. Down to 10. Then you don't know (laughs) who's calling out sick. (laughs) You know what I mean? The number just falls. That's why when being in District 4, um, when I was a commander over there, I always like to show them at the PAC meetings when people are asking for all these things, this is reality. It's reality versus perception. Um, you, you never know how many officers are going to be there at one given time. Right. If, if that answers your question.
1: Yeah, I just, I guess I wondered with like how fast we're expanding. Um, And I know that I think violent crime has increased this year, like the percentage of violent crime has increased. So yeah, I guess that's just my question. Like if I call 911 and there's an emergency, which I've, the only time I've ever had to call 911 was like for an ambulance and they were pretty swift. Um, But I just would wonder, you know, If if we were cutting call takers, how would that affect the people of Durham as far as like response time? How many officers would be there? You know what I mean? Like that. that,
5: That's why you got to go back to what BJ said. The call takers want to be the last ones cut.
1: Right. Right. But see, I think that that's probably where people would think that you would start first, just yeah. because that's where a lot of the brutality comes from. So I'm like for from a citizen's perspective, I would think, all right, that's who we need to cut first. Yeah. So I think that it's interesting that you've recentered that and kind of altered the perspective a little bit, because what you're saying absolutely makes the most logical sense. But I think from the perspective of we just want to do away with with policing. When you think of policing, you're thinking of the people that do the patrol. You're not thinking of the people that come and investigate Fatal accidents. You're not thinking about the people that are on their motorcycles clearing away for a procession. So um, I think that it was really important that y'all mentioned that. That that's who we would cut last and highlighting why that would be.
5: Right. Yeah, and that's interesting. And the the form that um, Forbes is reading for I don't have. I, I, I when we get to the what we call soft services, I'll chime in, but I don't I don't have the list that Jesse sent. I have everything else. I think it was the <laughs> last. Yeah,
0: it was the last one he sent. On the twenty, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and go also, go I would ahead, like
5: Norm.
3: to. Also, I would like to add to. I think people um, should understand even if you cut in um, the other services, that can that also help patrol from have to answer a lot of calls. An right. example would be what um, Deputy Chief Counsel was talking about, like the crime area target team. Okay, so we used to deal with a lot of community issues. That patrol did not have time to deal with and so it kept the officers free where they can answer calls versus if they had to re- go to a, a drug call and right. then uh, when you was talking about violent crime increasing okay so when you had the crime every target team see we address a lot of those type of crimes that patrol did not have time to do you see right. what i'm saying and mm-hmm. that would help your violent crimes to go down so when you're talking about defunding the police You lose these type of services, then you could see the effect of your crime rate going up as well.
0: If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. Mm -hmm. And your response time, because I think right now you're averaging about five minutes on response time. So I I appreciate, Harmony, you saying that, because I think you're right. When people say defund police, the first thing they're thinking about is, oh, my God, there's somebody going to come and answer my calls. And that's, you know, actually right now, politically, that's what they're saying. But that's not the issue. The last thing that's going to happen is people who responded. It's going to basically just be a, a police department that is doing enforcement and doing crime
1: which I think is exactly what people are saying that they don't want is enforcement and crime. So like, how does, obviously this is a larger conversation and I think we definitely need a part two, um, (laughs) but that's exactly what I feel like people are saying that they don't want is that enforcement. I mean, obviously, you know, I, 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 for one, if, if I call 911 um, I want somebody to pick up and I want somebody to come as soon as possible. And I think that it's really easy to, to just feel polarized, especially in this environment, right? Like police mm-hmm. do good work, and then there are some police that do absolutely terrible work. Um, but when your loved one dies, or you know when somebody's been shot, or when you know there's a mystery that needs to be solved, you gotta call the police because you know Joe Blow from up the street's not gonna be qualified to do that. Um, so I, you know, I just, I don't know, for me, this has been very eye-opening because I'm very like defund it, give it to a social worker. But, but honestly, when it comes down to things like investigation or like the TAC response team or the team that you were talking about, Winslow, that actually deals with community issues, those are the things that I feel like we would need to keep. But also at the same time, I don't want somebody to not answer my 911 call. So it's just, it's a lot more complex when you actually have to talk through it instead of just being like fire people
3: right that's correct and then on um, another unit that uh, cheaper well said to eliminate was the community services uh, division so there again uh, this is what a lot of folk that live in distressed community this is what they want you know your community service can go out there um, they do a lot of program programs with the youth um, they also go out and give a lot of safety tips to the community on things they can do to to keep their home safe, uh, how to respond when certain crimes happens. So if you eliminate community services, again, these are the type of services that you're gonna be taking away that people are requesting. So all of these uh, units, I think serve a purpose, but again, if if we say, okay, defund, like uh, Deputy Chief Counsel was saying, then you have to go back and say, okay, what is the service that we can take away that would not cause the most problem for our citizen where we can continue to give them the best customer service that we can give them. Right. And I think a lot of people don't understand that when they send do funds.
5: And, 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 it, and it's very important going back to what um, Forbes said, our community um, resources, What it's a lot of people within that unit. Mm-hmm. And that's what we say soft serve sometimes. But mm-hmm. the things that we would cut First are the things the community wants more. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, absolutely. Some of, the, some of the things like like he was talking about, we have a we have a Hispanic liaison. So mm-hmm. you know, somebody might say, "Well, what's he doing?" You know, cut them. Or we have we have somebody that um, we do a um, citizens' police academy. That's yeah, how people can come in and learn about the police department. Okay, we might say cut that, but the, but the community wants it. One right. of the biggest, one of the biggest units with, within community services is our crisis intervention team, our CIT. Now, when people are yelling "defund the police," what they want is more social services type things. That's what CIT does. Our crisis mm, okay. intervention team, gotcha. are the officers, which a whole lot of officers in the Durham Police Department are CIT certified, but those. When when they're saying they want somebody to come and de-escalate a situation, Mm -hmm. those Mm -hmm. are what our CIT people can do. So we cut them. That just goes to show you how important all of our units actually are. But if somebody twists our arm and say, cut this and cut that, these are the types of of, um, people that we have to start looking at cutting because, like BJ said, you're going away from call-taking at that point.
1: Right, right. I guess this is just a thought and i'm not you know again i don't know how feasible or practical this would be but maybe staffing these positions and this sounds kind of messed up but but staffing these positions with people that are i would say more equipped and better trained to handle these types of situations so whether that's you know a social worker for this position or you know maybe a patrol officer is you know somebody that worked as a psychologist i just feel like If we're not defunding the police department, if we're not taking money away, then maybe we should invest in hiring and sourcing better candidates. And I know that's no easy task. That's, you know, like you said, recruiting's not easy. I don't think I could, no, no, I don't think. I know I could not be a police officer um, Mm -hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. I'd be awful. Um, So it's definitely a noble job, but I, I just wonder how can we, I guess, transition from, just hiring regular patrol officers to to do the work that we feel as as community members is not up to up to par with people that can efficiently handle these types of calls and incidents. I I guess that's kind of where I'm going with this again. I don't know how feasible this is might be idealistic of me, but
5: I don't, I I mean, it'll, it'll take years (laughs) to do, but I will say you're, you're thinking the right way. And all of us will probably have a different answer. Um, my answer would be, you don't need to have um, all these liaisons if everyone in your department is trained to do the same thing. Right. You follow what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. even, even when, when you're talking about, well, you will not be able to hire police officers and, and they have social service backgrounds right. without paying them to do all of that. You know what I mean? Um, anybody in social services has is going to have at least a bachelor's degree. If right. they have a, a good job in social services, it's automatically a master's. You don't have to have a degree to be a police officer at all. Not that the education is going to give you everything you need, but I believe if, if you train your officers and hold people accountable from the front end, then right people will be in a, in a better position to do the same work, to de-escalate every right. officer should be able to de-escalate you know what I mean
1: so it sounds like you're you're saying more efficient training by making sure that you're sourcing the, the right kind of candidates and I think that that's definitely something that all businesses deal with whether they're police departments or you know it's corporate America it's sourcing good candidates because we mm-hmm. you know the police department is only as good as their patrol officers um you know for instance I have a I guess he would be like considered a courtesy officer but he's a Durham police department officer and Mm -hmm. he answered to that call that I had that one day BJ with that man that was screaming at me about spray painting the sidewalk Mm -hmm. um and like I would not want to get rid of that service or I have a alarm service that I pay like 18 bucks a month for to make sure that if my alarm goes off that it signals the Durham police department and somebody responds and like obviously I don't want to get rid of that that was an incentive of why I moved here but at the same time I guess I guess I just want to find that middle balance of how can we have an operational and moral police department. And I, you know, I think the Durham police department is better than, than a lot of police departments as far as how transparent they are. Um, Even you guys being willing to, to come on here and talk about it with us, I think is, is an example of just how much people care that have been invested in this department over the years. Um, So, yeah, I I feel really enlightened. I feel really excited now. And, like, I want to go look at these numbers, even though I'm pretty sure I don't know what they mean. (laughs) And
3: and may I just add, add too, I I think Uh that this conversation does deserve a a part, two because I know we are limited on time. But, um, you know, because another piece to this is a lot of – I used to be heavily involved with training officers. So I know a lot of time officers are given – the proper training, but it's what's inside of the heart. A person may go and do the wrong thing, right? Right. Right. So how do you correct that? I used to say to every new class that come, I used to say, uh, how many of you all believe in bad police officers? Raise your hand. And of course, 100% of the class would raise their hand. And I would tell them that I don't believe in bad police officers. And they will look at me like I'm crazy. I said, here's my reason. If you follow what police stand for, you're not going to be bad. I said, but I do believe in criminals in uniform. In other words, Mm -hmm. if someone joined the police department, they, you know, they got a clear record. So they get accepted, you know, hired to be a police officer. Right. And they have criminal intent putting that badge and uniform on is not going to take that criminal intent away from
1: them. Right. It's only going to drive the deviant. So do you have to have a clear criminal background in order to be a police officer? I mean, even if it's like a misdemeanor, like, possession of marijuana or a speeding ticket or reckless driving? Like you couldn't be a police officer if you had those?
5: No, that's not true. Okay. No, uh -uh. uh-uh.
1: There there are,
5: there are, you can have like a driving record. Your driving record has to be so good, but it's not like you have to be perfect. Okay. (laughs) You could have had a misdemeanor depending on what it was at one time but not the day before you apply
1: (laughs) right okay 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 i was just wondering that so there is some flexibility in that but like y'all are not hiring felons period like (laughs) that's correct okay
3: okay but the the standards have changed over the years because when i first joined you know a lot of things that they allow applicants to have now you could not have they will not hire you really yes the standards have changed and the reason why is because uh, they do have a hard time filling the positions now, right. but uh, yeah, some these people that get hired now there's no way when I went through the cabinet
5: they would have been hired
1: mm-hmm. right.
5: and and you know what it, it's it's important for for standards to change that's why people are hollering reform now, yeah. you know what I mean because yeah. if they if they didn't change, we would be in a world of hurt now i am not talking about the criminal part yeah. but but and 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 going back to what we were talking about um, how do we hire these people to do this and do that, that's going to be part of the reform, the police reform that needs to take place throughout the the country, not just in Durham Police Department. We we have to get on, on the same page. Um, but to, to the thing about hiring folks, and I mean, we would lose out, um, you have some people at one time, you couldn't have any tattoos that showed. But mm. you know your generation of folks everybody has tattoos.
2: Very true. I have gonna, eight.
5: Are we going to miss out on a good officer because he has tattoos, especially those that come out of the military? Mm. Right. You know, now, right. Now 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 mm. I do agree that that you, you don't want offensive tattoos and things like that, but you know a lot of departments are going with beards now. And you still have some departments that that won't that don't and won't, but things are changing because, you know, we're all retired now. We're getting out of here.
0: Yeah, it's a different, it's a it's a different kind of, it's a different kind of group. So we are definitely over time. We may have to try to do this again, but I want to kind of go back and <laughs> talk about, yeah, we've kind of gone off into a whole different discussion, but the, the piece that you were talking about, uh, Harmony as to, you know, hiring the right folks. And what I was trying to, and hopefully folks that, uh, if you take the, defund the police department, but that's 6.8 million uh, then you have to understand that what kind of impact it 's going to have on the delivery of services and what you want your Durham Police Department to look like or any local to police department to look like. What right. I also was trying to get people to understand is um, that if you remove some of the things that we in law enforcement are currently responding to and put those those issues and concerns in, the, in those systems that deal with that, which does not rest with the city and which does not rest with the Durham with law enforcement mental health. Uh, homelessness, uh, substance abuse, domestic violence, those types of things are social social ills that rest in the police department. So if you feel like your budget, you wanna reduce that by 6.8 million in this city, understanding what that might look like, then that's a decision that that you and the community and the members of the community have to agree upon. Um, But just understand what that will look like if that happens, but and also understanding that a lot of that does not rest with law enforcement that rest in this particular area, it rests with Durham County social services. You know, you maybe take that six-point million and and increase your social workers so they can actually help people solve problems. Increase the number of persons who are not homeless. You know, so I don't have to keep telling this guy to leave this property, but he has nowhere to go because he's homeless. And the, only tool right. in the, police, the only tool in the police bo- uh, box is arrest. If, you, if I arrest him because he's homeless, maybe somebody needs to pick it up so I don't have to keep continuing to arrest him for being homeless. I should not arrest him for being homeless. That's somebody else's job. And so that's what, if you want that kind of money, that's what you're going to do. So we've definitely gone up top. We've got folks for the next show sitting, sitting in a waiting room. Um, thank you guys for, for joining us. And um, I really appreciate you and hoping folks will get some information out of this. I think, Jesse, what I'm going to do uh, one of your uh, spreadsheets I'm probably going to post, so people can see uh, what what you did uh, on the line. And also, it'll be available the budget that we got as well, so they'll see what that looks like. But again, that's available through the city. That's public information that you can get. So uh, Terrence and uh, Winslow and Jesse, I really really appreciate you guys uh, joining us. And um, hopefully, folks have learned something. From this discussion. And yeah, we probably need to do this one more time because obviously we want to go into some other areas. So we'll, we'll definitely talk about that for 2021. So thanks, guys, and I really appreciate Thank it. You. Thanks Andrew and Harmony. And, and as always, stay well. Peace. You too.
5: Take, Take care.
4: care. Good night.
0: So thanks again for my guests joining us today and, and talking about this very uh, Hot topic of defunding police. So, about less than what, what I like to leave with, well, less than a month ago, Chief Davis and Sheriff uh, Burkhead had a press conference uh, to speak about gun violence in the Bull City. And one of the things that Chief Davis said that I thought was so appropriate, and I loved it: we cannot arrest the crime away. Just like we cannot arrest our way out of homelessness, we cannot arrest our way out of mental health crises. We cannot arrest our way out of poverty, uh, for and all those societal ills that that sometimes put people into the judicial systems. So the exercise that we did today was based on this cry for defunding the police. Just to give you to, you know, what we want to do, just give you a quick and dirty look at if you and the leaders in the community said, look, let's just do this. You know, yep, you can defund if that's what you want to do, but you also got to be understanding what the consequences are. And we wanted to demonstrate what that would look like. However, if you participate in the conversation with law enforcement as to all the things that they are handling and determine how other systems that are actually built to handle these societal ills, and then see if funding from police could support those things would be great. But you have to be at the table and not simply shouting, defund the police. It's deeper and a more intense conversation. I would encourage you to listen to our podcast uh, on November 19th. We have two uh, individuals who lead nonprofits in in the Bull City, Quilly Coth of Proud and Martina Dunford, also known as Coach D., Uh, who uh, some of you may know from New New Horizons Academy back in the day, Uh, but now she has a nonprofit called Historically Underutilized Brilliant, uh, who've been working with the kids and families on the ground collectively for probably close to 40 years. One of the profound statements that Coach D said during the podcast, and you'll, you'll hear this, is she said, 20 years later, I am working with kids of the kids I worked with 20 years ago. Let me repeat that. 20 years later, I'm working with kids of the kids I worked with 20 years ago. See, y'all don't want to hear that because it means as a community, we failed our kids. Folks, this is not just a police issue. It's bigger. So one of the things you need to do is talk to your local police agencies, find out together what can be done to remove things from the plate of law enforcement that should be with other systems. Luckily for us in the Bull City, we have law enforcement leadership that are ready to be part of this discussion and want to be at the table. Thanks again to our guests for being with us today. Stay well, stay safe, and as always, peace.